Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan. I'm talking, walking and often swimming in this marvellous county, sharing news and views with fellow enthusiasts. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Today's episode is with Yvonne MacDonald, one of the coordinators running Richmondshire's branch of Homestart. Now, if you've never heard of Homestart, it's a national charitable organisation supporting families with young children. This local branch was set up in 2009, has Baroness Brenda Hale as its patron, and in 2020 was given the prestigious Queen's Award for Voluntary Services. Due to COVID restrictions, an invitation to the Buckingham Palace Garden Party was delayed until this year, when it could be attended by a long-standing volunteer. So I'm going to hand you over now to Yvonne, who can tell you all about the sterling work they do and what is so special about our local branch. Okay. Homestart in the UK started in 1973. Um, A lady called Margaret Harrison set the whole thing up um, and it grew and grew and grew. And there are now somewhere around 200 different homestarts in the UK. But it's also a worldwide organisation, so it operates in 22 countries including Germany and Cyprus, where there are military associations. Um, But here in Richmondshire, we started, as you said, Susan, in 2009. Um, Started from nothing, really. And the first thing you have to do is, because all home starts are independent charities, you have to find your own funding. So really, that was the first channel challenge. And I I wasn't with the organisation then, but they set about finding funding. And in about 2012 we're fortunate to get lottery funding, a five-year funding package, which really set them on their way. So then you can start to recruit volunteers and support families. Right. So that was just, that was the start of it. That that was the start. And for some people, they won't have any idea what you do. do. So can you explain that, please? We are a volunteer-led organisation. So we we just have four paid members of staff who are all part-time. So that's three coordinators and administrator. But we then have a team of volunteers. At the moment, we've got about 32 volunteers. And volunteers, when they sign up to join us, they come on a very comprehensive um, training course, which is part of the national Home Start training regime. So so all Home Starts use the same training package, as it were. Um, once they've done the training and they say, yes, I'd like to be a volunteer, and we say, yes, we'd like you to volunteer, and they've passed with flying colours, the next step is to link them with a family. And the way our families come to us is really we will accept a referral for any family. The only requirement is that the youngest child has to be under seven years of age. Other than that, there are no criteria, apart from the fact that our trustees made a decision a couple of years ago that we don't take on board families who are in child protection simply because our volunteers are not social workers you know that that's a social care um, area so mm. whilst we work alongside social care and they often refer to us we don't we, we don't expect our volunteers to be social workers um, so so families can come from anywhere a family can self-refer um, or it could be a health visitor it could be a social worker it could be a teacher it could be anybody could be a neighbor anybody can put in a referral and the way the process works is we would one of the coordinators would then make an appointment and we go along and visit the family most of the time that is usually a mum you know we have had some dads single dads 
but usually it's mum. Um, we would go along, just have a very informal chat, tell them about Homestart, what we do, how it works, what we could offer, and then get them to tell us, well, what are the things that are making your life difficult? You know, And we hear the same things over and over again. You know, Isolation, loneliness, um, not having extended family and friends, not being able to get out, possibly having children that have got health conditions or children that are waiting to be diagnosed with autism, a whole raft of things. Um, and then at the end of that, we sort of say, well, would you like us to provide you with a volunteer? Mostly they say yes, and we would then select the right volunteer to go with that family. And that for us, that's an important part of the system is that we don't just take the next available volunteer and give it to that family um, or pass that person to the family. We would do a careful matching process because mm. it is important that there's, that there's a bond and a gel there between the two of them. Um, and most times we get that right. Um, we like to think it, most most of the time it works out. So then again, we would go back to the volunteer and say, we've got this family, tell them a little bit about the family and say, does it sound, you know, like a, a family fit. you would mm -hmm. like to fit? Um, and off we go. We would then go back, introduce the volunteer to the family and importantly to the children. And we step away then and the volunteer goes to visit the family once a week. So is it more like um, an another family member once they once they actually start to meet up because in isolation if you don't have your family nearby it's um it's really really important isn't it to have somebody that you can talk to and discuss any difficulties you've got and particularly i think with i would imagine some of the families around here because you're based in the Catrick garrison where i could imagine a lot of the of the the fathers or possibly the mothers who are working in the army will be located elsewhere. So it's almost like bringing up your children as a single parent. No doubt there'll be single parents doing the same thing. I was a single parent myself. And how valuable to have somebody who would actually call in and yeah. give a bit of moral support. Do, is it just moral support or what else do you do? We always say, actually, we do anything with the family. There are only two things we say we don't do, which is we're not there to babysit. So mum or dad always has to be within shouting distance. Um, but even within that remit, imagine if you were a mum with a new baby and you'd not had a decent night's sleep for a long time, been able to go and have a shower and leave the, the baby, knowing that the baby was safe with a volunteer. That can just make your day so much better. Um, so simple things tend to be the things that we do. Um, the other thing we say we don't do is we're not here to clean your house, you know. But that is not to say that we volunteers would go into the house, perhaps the little one's asleep and mum says, oh, I'd really like to sort out the kitchen. The volunteer would say, well, let's do it together. You know, mm. But what we're not there to do is clean the kitchen while mum watches the TV. <laughs> um, but really, we, we do all sorts of things. We've done things from decorating to taking cats to the vet to be neutered to oh trips, <laughs> trips to the tip. Um, but a lot of it is just... It's someone to talk to. It's, mm. it's a, a listening ear. You know, we're not there to tell them what to do. We're not there to give them advice. We're there to, to listen and help them help themselves. Mm. Um, and I think for me, it's, it's summed up in, in this example that if you say to a volunteer, how are things going? <clears throat> they will often say, well, I don't do a lot. 
we have a cup of coffee and we have a chat and I play with the children and then I go home. But if you talk to mum, she will say, oh, I really look forward to the day my volunteer comes. It's the highlight of my week. It really gives me somebody to look forward to seeing. And that mm. sort of sums it up for me. You know? Yes. And was... yes, they do become almost members of the family in many cases. Mm. No, that's that sounds fabulous, really. I mean, it is such a valuable service that you're doing. Now, the... I know you did say when we were talking that because you're based in the garrison here, that you do get quite a bit of support from the the army, do you, the fun, for funding? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That must be ongoing, is it? Always needing funding. We always need that, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Approximately half of the families we support in general we are army families, military families, whether they be serving officers or veterans. Mm. Um, and our our the cost of running the organisation is about £140,000 a year for staff and office costs. We don't do a lot else, as you can see when you look around. We don't, we're not a very um, luxurious um, outfit. Um, so we do apply for any available funding and places such as the Armed Forces Covenant, um, Army Central Funds, have always looked very favourably on us. And I think it's because we have such a close relationship with the military here. So we, we are included in certain meetings that happen on the garrison. Um, we are, I think we're quite respected in the professional organisation in Catterick. So people like health visitors, social workers, trust us and come to us and know the role that we play. So that works well. Yes, and you, well, I'm sorry, I, I'm totally distracted here because at the side of the table, and I will put this up on on um, on the the web page, I think, the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. It's a it's a fabulous, it's it's just a, an, a fabulous award. It's very very eye catching. What did you have to do, or, or what what was the criteria that meant that you were given it? over and above anyone else <laughs> well uh, we were nominated for the award actually by <clears throat> one of our a family that we'd supported <coughs> excuse me susan uh, so they nominated us and then we found out that we'd been we got through stage one as it were which was the sort of paper sift mm. um, and then it was planned that we would have an assessment so which basically took most of a day so we had two queen's award assessors came to spend the day with us um, and they sort of gave us a brief of what they wanted to talk to talk about so they wanted to talk to trustees they wanted to talk about our financial sustainability um, but they also wanted to meet families and they wanted to meet volunteers so we set up in one of the meeting rooms here a sort of just an informal gathering of families past and present of volunteers and we just let them get on with it and chat to people, talk about what we do, talk about their experiences. Um, and I have, I've got here the actual citation that was the, when we were given the award and there's a, there's a paragraph in it, which, can I read that out? Yes, definitely. Which for me, for me really encapsulates what Homestar is about. The seamless integration between trustees, the paid coordinators, the field volunteers and the supported families is exceptional. In particular, the supported families talking about being part of Homestart rather than service users on the outside, a real sense of we're all in this together and of collaborative decision-making and continuous learning. 
And I think that, for me, that's what sets us apart from some of the statutory agencies, is that we're not forced on families. We Families invite our volunteers into their home, and we are there to help them. And I, and I think sometimes that makes it easier for the family to open up and to share some of their experiences. You know, and we do we do support families who've suffered from domestic abuse, who have debts, who who really feel, you know, the world is on their shoulders. And if you've got somebody that you feel you can open up to about that, it can make a huge difference. And as I, I know, we had a conversation, and as you said, you it's non-judgmental. Yeah. Really non-judgmental. It's not like you're telling them that they've got to do certain things or or criticizing anything. You're there as in a support role, which is great. Yeah. From the, the point of view of the volunteers, then, where do they come from? All walks of life? All walks of life, yes. I have to say, though, that most, all our home visiting volunteers are female. It's, I wondered about we, that, we, yes. we would love to have some male volunteers. We do have tr- male trustees, mm. but in terms of home visiting, we've never, we've never managed to get any male volunteers. Um, they come from all walks of life. We've got retired social workers, we've got an ex-GP, we've got teachers, all sorts of people. Um, but they do tend to be people who have already, their own children have grown up and fled the nest mm-hmm. because obviously they're, it's, it's hard to do if you've got a young family. Um, but the comment they often make to us is, I wish I'd known about Homestart when I had my children. You know, so I think that a lot of them, yes. their motivation is to give something back and to help people mm. who they know what how difficult it is to bring up a young family. Um, so we've got them from all over Richmondshire, um, mm. all sorts of volunteers, and they bring a huge wealth of knowledge and experience. I was thinking myself actually. Um, I ha- I brought up two two children. My um, and when my second son was born, I was on I was on my own, mm, yeah, uh, fairly new to the country because I'd been living in Australia, and I floundered because I thought, well, how how more difficult can it be to have two than one, and not having parents right on the doorstep. My mum didn't drive; it was hard. I had a very valuable friend, a neighbour who helped. But at times, I could have really done with a little bit extra. Yeah. And, until, and that's what we provide, until I, Yeah, until I got to know my neighbours, um, or my neighbour in particular, one lady in particular, um, until I got to know her, it was, it was a struggle. And I had no idea. I actually asked at, my, at the local GP, was there, you know, was there some support? And, well, I'm going back prior to when you set up a lot yeah. a long long time ago and uh, yes and it would us, have been would have been valuable yeah and p- part of the problem for us is we don't have the money to spend on advertising campaigns so a lot mm. of people don't know that we're here you know so it's about getting the word out so that's why I'm hoping today by just letting people yes. know who we are and what we do it's free advertising for mm. us um so it, it's an important part of Definitely. Of getting the word out. Definitely. And in the show notes, I will put the contact, contact details, details, the way that people can get in touch if you want to say something now, if you if you like. But otherwise, I'll just write it all down and put it in. Well, people can go to our website, which is homestatrichmondshire.org.uk. Um, you can make a referral through the website, either for your own family or you can refer somebody else. 
Um, but there's lots of contact details on there. You can simply phone the office if you feel that you need some help. Mm. Um, the office is, is the administrator in the office is in Monday to Friday from nine till one. So you will nearly always get an answer. If it's after that, we do have voicemail, you know, so we, we're contactable all the time. Mm. No, that's great. That is, uh, that's really good. And from the point of view of volunteers, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about volunteering, are you always open to more? We're always open to volunteers, yes. Um, it's always been a challenge to find volunteers, but particularly since COVID, it's become more difficult. So we usually try to twice a year run a training course. Um, we just finished one in at the end of April, and our next one is scheduled to start on, I think, the 27th or the 29th of September. Um, so if somebody wanted to volunteer, it's a simple process. We ask you to fill in an application form. One of the coordinators would then come to talk to you. Usually we come to visit you in at home, have a chat, tell you what's involved, ask you about what you think you would get out of it. Um, the only thing we insist on is all our volunteers are DBS checked. Naturally. Um, so, but that shouldn't be a problem. Um mm. And as I say, we've got a course running in September. If we if we needed to book a bigger room to run that course, we would be absolutely delighted. Um, so the course is about, it, it runs over six sessions. It's about 30 hours in total. So it's quite, it's quite a demanding, mm. you know, demanding on your time at least. Um, and it covers everything from play to attitudes and values to safeguarding, all the sort of things you'd expect to cover. Uh, but you'd be there with a group of like-minded people. The course is very interactive, so we don't just talk at you. You actually get involved. Uh, and most people enjoy the course, so it's good fun. And do you have meetups between volunteers? Do you have... Often the groups form their own little meetups. Ah. Um, but we do. We've recently just started a peer support group for mm. our volunteers for exactly that purpose. Um, and one of the areas we cover on the course is confidentiality, of course. Mm. So, um, and we we assure our families that we are conf we we are careful with their information. So volunteers can't discuss specific details of their families, but they can ask for support if they're coming across a problem that perhaps they don't know how to deal with, or they need a signpost to well, well, where can I find some help about whatever it might be. So that sort of information, we do encourage volunteers to, to swap and share. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes, because I could imagine that there might be occasionally issues or problems that they come across that could be quite draining for the volunteer. How much time would a volunteer put in then with a family? What we usually ask for is a, a weekly visit of two to three hours. Uh, that could be sometimes longer if they, you know, if they're planning to go out to the park and it's a nice day. It might be longer. On some occasions, it might be shorter. And although we say every week, you know, volunteers don't have to ask for a holidays. So we're not saying it's got to be fifty-two weeks of the year. Some mm. of our some of our volunteers take breaks, and you know, oh, I'm going to be away for two weeks, so I can't support the fo the family. But often, what they'll do even then is give them a phone call. You know, so it's sort of two to three weeks in the family home, but then sometimes there might be you might go away and do a bit of research for a family. So, mm. you know, perhaps thing one of the things we often help families with is completing applications for things like disability living allowance and these sort of things. Quite complex things for them to do, especially if you're sat at a computer and you've got two little children wanting your attention. <laughs> you know, so it might be that the volunteer does a little bit of research and a 
some preparation and helps mum to, to get together everything she needs. Um, so, yeah, those sort of things, they can eat into your time, but our volunteers usually give of their time very, mm. very willingly. And I guess once there's a bond, it doesn't probably feel like yeah. it's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't take long at all for that bond mm. yeah, no, to happen, particularly with the children. Yes, you know, definitely, it's, it's, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I'm wondering about the <laughs> about the garden party. How did that go? In Buckingham Palace? Mm. Well, we haven't actually heard from our volunteer <gasps> yesterday. Really? She, she literally only got back yesterday. Um, so we're hoping that she'll write a piece for our newsletter and tell us all about what happened. Uh, but it's actually very fitting for this particular volunteer because she's been with us for almost 10 years now she's volunteered and at certain times she's supported more than one family at a time so she's a real gem oh yeah a real <laughs> stalwart at Homestead mm. and is very supportive of us um, but she took the decision about a year ago that she wanted to step back from being a Homestead vis home visitor um, for for very understandable reasons you know her husband's just about to retire I think and she's got a new grandchild of her own so you know obviously you want to devote time to your own family but in typical Homestart fashion she said but I won't go until I've finished supporting the family I'm with now and that was a year ago and she's still and doing she, we have just finished supporting that family right so she stayed on for that extra hmm. more than a year I think to support that family rather than leave them high and dry because she'd been supporting them for quite a while. There was that bond and she just wanted to see it through. Mm. So for us, it was lovely that she could end her period with Homestart by going along to Buckingham Palace to the garden Fabulous. Party. So it was just Fabulous. perfect. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear more <laughs> about it. I'll have to read your newsletter. No, that's good. So the... The news, that side of things would be on your website then if people wanted yes. to learn a bit more about yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah, we do have a news section. <laughs> so one of the things we did during COVID, um, we were fortunate enough to get some funding from two ridings um, and that enabled us to recruit someone to redevelop our website. So we've got a brand spanking new lovely website and she also looks after our social media and our marketing. So she's very savvy on all these things which none of us in the office are very clued upon um, and that's made a massive difference so mm -hmm. so that's helping us to recruit volunteers because the two challenges we've got really are recruiting volunteers and finding funds they're mm -hmm. the they're the two things that are really a worry day to day definitely um, so our next step in terms of raising funds and raising awareness is we want to try and connect with local businesses so she's just developing a program now where we want to approach local businesses and say, these are the range of options about how you can support us, not just financially. So we know that a lot of businesses can't offer us money because mm. they don't always hard have that times. luxury. Hard times at the moment. Yeah, too. but there are other ways you can so show your support. You know, put a sticker on your van, put a um, poster up in your office, um, Make us the, your charity of the year so that staff can not give Christmas presents. They can they can give to children in mm. in in our you know system. So that's what we want to do is connect up with local businesses to again raise awareness that we're here and that we you know what we offer. So that'll be coming. That'll be happening that, over the next. That's yeah. that sounds that sounds really good because uh, well yes I, I'm sure a lot of people 
won't know, which is why when yeah, I introduced yeah. you, I thought a lot of people won't know, no, what, they won't. won't know what you do, mm. won't know you exist in the first instance and won't know what yeah. you do. Yeah. What area? It's, ri it's Richmondshire. Richmondshire is our so sort anywhere of in Richmondshire. Area. Anywhere in Richmondshire, mm. yeah. And, and Richmondshire does have quite a diverse geography in that you've got the town areas of Catrick and Colburn and Richmond, but you've got some quite rural, mm. isolated areas as well up in the Dales. So those families can also be suffering the same sort of problems of isolation and not being able to get places. Um, so it's it's everywhere. You know? So presumably a volunteer has to be a driver. Is that one of the things? It's a bit... Preferably. Preferably. It's not impossible if you're not a driver, but it, it's, it'd be quite difficult. But we would, again, if we had a willing volunteer, we'd do our best to find to them a family them, yes. that was close by. Yes. Um, and we do try and put some thought into where a volunteer is going to travel to. We wouldn't really want, you know, a volunteer to travel from the furthest point of Richmondshire south to the furthest point north, because it is a big area. Mm. Um, but and the, and the only thing that our volunteers get out of this financially is we do pay their travelling expenses. You do? We do, oh, pay, that... we do pay their travelling expenses, yes. In these um, times of high fuel costs, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's good. It, it, it's it's I... all we can offer, you know, and... It, and the one thing we can't offer families is financial assistance. Mm. You know, we just, that's not what we're about. But we can offer support in other ways. So, well, yes, because thinking about the size of the place and thinking even how far I've traveled to come to see you today, it's, uh, it's not a small input, not, really, if no. you've got, if you're doing it every week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Especially through the winter. Oh, yes. You know, um... <laughs> Well, I'm up in the Dales, so I know what that's all about. They can get all of your information on the show notes because I'll include all of those. I'll get them all written down yeah. before I go. And if they want to see us in person, then next Friday we will be at Reef Market. We have, oh, will you? Yes, we do have... My patch of the woods. <laughs> we do have... Uh, we're lucky enough to twice a year get a, a, a charity stall on the market. So we'll, Are you selling cakes? So we sell cakes and <laughs> biscuits and jams and pickles and we ha usually have a little game or some kind for the children um, but we also have volunteer packs and information that people can take away if they're thinking about mm. volunteering with us oh well, so, that's perfect yeah, then so we raise a little bit of money mm. not a lot but we do but again we look on it as raising awareness rather than actually raising money um, so we're hoping for a and who does all the baking well, that's interesting that we there's a sort of win-win situation with the baking in that we team up with the Beacon, which is an initiative on the garrison, um, which helps soldiers who left the army, I think, to rehabilitate. And there is a lady there who teaches them to cook. Ah. So Ross at, at the Beacon provides us with cakes and tray bakes and all things tasty. Oh, wow. We make a small donation to them and then we sell on our market store. Mm. So it's great for them because they can practice baking in quantities that is, you know, more Worth than just while, a domestic yes. mm. situation. We pick the baking up and off it goes to wreath. I suppose they don't want to be baking and having to eat and, uh, it all. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. But lots of our volunteers also bake. We'll all be baking in the mm. days leading up to the event. Um, and usually it's successful. Usually by lunchtime we've sold out and we're... And it's we're a good weekend to be doing it because it is a good there's weekend. a lot going yes. on next weekend, yes. yes. We, we always try and pick the weekend when the Swaledale Festival is on because there are lots of people about, so... And also it's a, it's a long bunk holiday weekend. It is a bank holiday, yeah, so we will. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. yes. 
Right, well, I think that just about winds it all up. Thank you very much for talking to me. I really pleasure. enjoyed learning more about Homestart. And if anyone wants to get in touch, then check the show notes and connect with either Yvonne or one of the other coordinators here and uh, move forward with it, either as a volunteer or if you need some help. Then... Or if you want to give us lots of or money. Or if you want to give... <laughs> <laughs> Or give lots of money or cake or anything else. <laughs> right, OK. So this is Susan now signing out from Inside Yorkshire. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please rate and review it so that I know what you like the best. If you want to get in touch with me, you'll find my contact details in the show notes. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode. Until next time then, this is Susan signing out from inside Yorkshire.